0: Jacksonville's number one for New Country, one WQIK with Robbie, John, and Tony. Well, as uh, the Mayor Curry said, we dodged a big bullet with Hurricane Dorian uh, in our neck of the woods. But yes. unfortunately, uh, the Bahamas, a couple of islands in the Bahamas did not dodge that bullet. They took it straight on
1: absolutely destroyed and so we have uh, someone here who actually uh, came back like uh, about a week ago from the Bahamas and you went and saw it firsthand reporting for our friends and partners at Channel 4 uh, Vic Michelucci and um, you went down there and that devastation so give me your first impressions when you landed there what you saw what you thought
2: yeah good morning it was wild you know the Bahamas aren't that far from us but it seems like you're on the other side of the world the first day we got to freeport freeport had a lot of issues and then we went to nassau which didn't really have the damage but we saw hundreds upon hundreds of people who lost their homes they lost their belongings they lost their livelihoods and unfortunately some of them lost their loved ones and to see the desperation and the devastation in their eyes especially the children was terrible and things that I'll never forget.
1: You've seen this before. I mean, you were in Panama City Beach last year. Mm -hmm. We see the pictures. What is different about this, or is it really different?
2: It's deja vu, and I don't want to take away from the destruction from Hurricane Michael because I was sitting here in the same seat a year ago Mm -hmm. after that in the Panhandle, and people there are still suffering. But what you have in the Bahamas is we see the tourist side, right? We see the big mega hotels and the cruise ships, but there's people that are... Very poor. And then we arrived in Marsh Harbor, which is part of the Abacos, and we saw not a single one standing. And that's where we went through and we just saw mile upon mile of of rubble and debris. And sadly, you could smell death in the air. That's what the first responders were describing. And that's where they were pulling some of these victims from. The people that were lucky enough to make it lost every single thing that they owned.
1: I uh, had heard a report like when you landed, people just um, and I don't know if this is true. So you tell me people just like rushing, you know, people like you who had goods and Mm -hmm. supplies. Is that true?
2: It's true. So I was on several small planes and helicopters. Some of them were military and they see me coming out, obviously, American with camera gear. And they think that I am unfortunately their savior. And they run up. Please. They grab my arm get me to the United States, help me, bring my family back. And, man, there's nothing more in this world that I want to do than be able to just get them all on a ship or a plane and bring them to the United States and give them a happy life here. Unfortunately, it's not that easy. We have U.S. Customs here. And while we're close in relationship with the Bahamas, They're two separate countries, and it's not as easy as just pulling all these people out. And some of the people that were the hardest hit are undocumented or illegal in the Bahamas. A lot of them came from Haiti, where we know conditions are terrible. So those are the ones that are still living in these debris piles because they're scared they're going to be arrested or deported.
1: Now, when you say living in debris piles, what do you mean?
2: There is... A video and a story that I'm a part of where I was flying with a helicopter team from Destin, husband and wife, and I was flying to get an aerial survey and we were dropping off generators and supplies to some people on a remote little Abaco Island. We came back and I saw this debris in the middle of the woods and I said, what is that? The pilot said, Vic, it's, it's garbage. It probably looked like that before. I think it's a landfill. We landed I didn't think anything more of it. The next day, he said, I don't know. I feel weird about dismissing that comment from Vic. So he flew back over, and all of a sudden, as he got the chopper low, people were coming out of cars and shipping containers and underneath this debris, and there were 40 villagers. Mm. 40 people that came out with their arms up waving that had been undiscovered. This is like a post-apocalyptic feeling, isn't it? It's it's crazy because you are in this ghost town and then all of a sudden you fly this chopper and you fly it low enough and people come running. It's like a horror movie Mm -hmm. and they're just begging for fresh water, for clothes, for food, anything.
0: What do we do? What do we do?
2: I've been asking myself that. So the search and rescue mission is, is wrapping up for the most part. The military has done an amazing job. Our, our government has really helped out down there. Uh, the next question is, how can we make a difference? These people don't necessarily need you to clean out your closets and give them old clothes anymore. First of all, they need more dignity than that. Give them new stuff. You know, They, they need that confidence. They are going to need food. They are going to need shelter. That's the big thing. So we're going to have to donate money for construction crews and construction supplies and put that stuff on a barge and bring it down there. So right now I want to do a a big concert. So if we have anybody that has connections, (laughs) I'm talking like big, like Zach Brown Band, Kenny Chesney, anything. I mean, I will volunteer my time, work around the clock, because it's going to take millions upon millions of dollars to do it. And, and you got to think the kids, that's what really got me holding these little children that now don't have a home, that don't have a school, that don't have any stability. And yes, they for the most part have shelters, but imagine living with your family on a single mattress, shoulder to shoulder, wall to wall for who knows how long
1: and getting there is really is Mm -hmm. not uh, easy right now i mean that's one of the big things because people want to go down there with boats and stuff like that because they are close to the united states um but they're saying no you can't do that because i mean even the ports where you go into have been damaged greatly
2: absolutely and everybody wants to go to the abacos a lot of people from the jacksonville area know the abacos love the abacos It's not really a great place to be there. This is not a photo op, and they don't want spectators to be Mm -hmm. there. Don't go just to say you're going. Mm -hmm. Don't go to drop off a a bag of canned goods. we got to do something huge. Nassau is easy to get to. There's an international airport. You can fly from Miami or Orlando there. It's relatively cheap. Go there. Help the people there. Make a difference. But really, a lot of the support we can do is on the home front because there are amazing NGOs and nonprofits there. And we just need to, to fund them. And I put on, on my social media some of the, the trusted people that I actually came in contact with. There's other people out there doing great work, mm-hmm. but there's about a dozen of them that I actually saw doing that work. But, you know, this is going to take years, literally years.
1: So um, after you spent, you spent how many days and there? Four days?
2: I spent four days, but it was seven days of coverage because yeah. for me to get to the Abacos was very hard. So, I mean, you're, I'm talking about hopping on rickety little planes and, and flying from island to island and, and taking pickup trucks and helicopters and everything to get to these remote parts. Planes, So trains, four and days automobile. on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Everything so, except for a, pl- a train. <laughs> so if
1: you could pick out um, a couple of, of big moments or images that just you can't forget mm-hmm. that you could tell people about, what would those be?
2: Having the children run up to me, this little girl, and it was her fourth birthday, Aww. and she lost everything. She was from Freeport. Her family had nothing, and she ran up to me and gave me a hug and said, guess what day it is? Mm. It's my birthday. It's my fourth birthday. And this was on a a cruise, the Royal Caribbean, that came from Port Canaveral. And, man, those staff members are amazing. I'm not advocating for any companies But I will tell you that those people worked off the clock on that ship. As you had passengers having fun and bachelorette parties and parties up above, underneath that ship, they brought in 261 emergency evacuees. Mm. And they gave that little girl a birthday party. On that ship, as they were evacuating Mm. her, they got her presents. (laughs) They got her a cake. (laughs) They cleaned her up. They gave her new clothes, a hot meal. And then we got her transportation, and I remember <laughs> saying it was a party bus. So we were getting her on a, a bus <laughs> to get to the shelter, but we said, this is your birthday bus. Aww. And she said, oh, my gosh, I have a birthday bus. And my gosh, that's who you're helping out, you mm-hmm. know. That's the difference. And, and these kids, they didn't have good nutrition. I was trying to get them to drink water. So we had a water chugging contest. And I had to take one for the team and drink water, a lot of water, more than I needed because I wanted these kids to be hydrated, sure. and, and we had to think about it.
0: How long? So did special. It, once you got out of Michael, how long did it take you not to have maybe a, a daily occurrence of thinking about what you left with Michael? How long did that happen, or is it still, do you still have those lingering thoughts a year later?
2: yeah it's still there, and it's you know it's hard to come and cover a different disaster because yes, I, I, was, I remember Michael
0: how do you dovetail into and, another
2: one and I remember Puerto Rico, and there, there's so many hurting people, and we can't forget about them, but right now the the most dire need is there so the the question is John, how do you forget mm-hmm. really right. I've had nightmares about what I saw down in 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 the Bahamas. Sure. And, uh, you know, normally as a journalist, you kind of stay out of it, but we're all human. Right. We're all part of that same human race. It's it's day by day. And I I, got to say, I've been back for a couple of days now. I feel guilty going to a restaurant and ordering a meal. Mm -hmm. I feel guilty going home, sleeping in a clean bed, getting in my car and and driving around. I mean, when you come back to the United States where everything is normal and and people are having fun and Mm -hmm. people are debating about petty things, yeah. it's hard. It is hard. It, it really is hard. And I think culture shock is a way to describe it.
0: I've wow. come back from med- medical missions and missions trips and yeah. y- y- it's hard to, you can't, I i never want to get over that.
2: Mm-hmm. I never want to get it's over good. that. I always yeah. want to
0: remember that at the top of my mind. It,
2: it shows that you have a heart and, mm-hmm. and sometimes you get caught up in the work and the logistics and because it wasn't easy for us being down there, but yeah. that pales in comparison to what these people are doing. And I was fortunate enough to be able to go home and they're not
1: right mm-hmm.
2: so many of them don't have a home to go to and and that's where we here in Florida and and all across the US can can make a difference
0: victor i want you to cover um I want you to cover some real happy story the next time we can have you on here.
1: <laughs> I know! I want,
0: to, listen, I want to be it's the, it's the free-for-all crazy time with Vic Michelucci! Listen, there's a lot
2: of happy moments, and I, I'd be lying if I didn't say that we didn't have some uh, some laughs and, right. and some smiles yeah. down there, and, and, and rescuing the people, finding 40 people, and, oh, dude, and giving these kids a party was great.
0: Exactly. That is so true. But we appreciate what you do uh, to get those stories back to us, coming in here and, and talking to us, and... Uh, But but you know, you can paint the pictures with your words, but you do have that picture being worth a thousand of them. Mm -hmm. And you're putting a lot together right now, right?
2: And I appreciate you guys as as being our partners and getting the word out. I I know that you have such a a loyal and and grateful fan base. I do want to say real quickly, we're working on a documentary with everything that we saw, stuff that you have never seen. The national networks and, and these big TV channels, they might come in. They don't always get the same personal touch. So on Channel 4, next Tuesday... We are going to have an hour-long special of what it was like. This is raw, it's gritty, a lot of it is uncut. It's ugly, but it's also redeeming to see the bad and then the good of the amazing people there. The name of it is 96 Hours of Anguish, and it's going to be a primetime special on Channel 4. We'll share some more details with you. That's going to be my life for the next week until I can get it out of the way. But I, I really hope that people can watch and just see not only the devastation, but also the hope and the good. And that's what it's all about and something to smile about. It's okay to smile. Mm-hmm. There's a, a terrible thing going on right now, but it's okay to smile. It's okay to laugh.
1: Sounds good. It I, sounds you, very interesting. I hope so.
2: It's not yeah. done yet. It's far from good. So I hope it's <laughs> well, it good.
1: it better be good with that buildup. It will be good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something to aim for. Babe. Right? <laughs> oh, God man. bless you for
0: your work, man. Thank you so much for coming in.
2: Thank you, guys.